0: This is episode 434 of the AWS podcast, released on March 28th, 2021. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the AWS podcast. Simon so here with you. Great to have you back. I'm flying solo today as Nikki is off, but she'll be back for the next episode. Let's jump into some of the updates, starting with the topic of analytics. The Amazon Elasticsearch service now publishes events to Amazon CloudWatch and Amazon EventBridge for service software updates. So this gives you visibility into events that indicate the availability of a service software update for a domain. The start of an update at the completion of an update will also be included in the initial release. You'll also be able to view these events under the new notifications view in the Amazon Elasticsearch service console. So you get a lot more visibility into what's going on. We're also happy to announce the general availability of Amazon Redshift data sharing. Now this is a secure and easy way to share live data across Redshift clusters and it's now generally available. Now data sharing enables instant, granular and high performance data access across Amazon Redshift clusters within an AWS account without the need to copy or move data. So data sharing provides live access to the data so that your users always see the most up-to-date and consistent information as it's updated in the data warehouse and data sharing can be used on your Amazon Redshift RA3 clusters at no additional cost. Lots of good detail about how this all works, but it's very powerful. Also very happy to announce the general availability of Amazon Redshift cross database queries. Now this gives you the ability to query across databases in a Redshift cluster. The feature is generally available in any region that has the Redshift RA3 node types. Now with cross database queries, you can seamlessly query data from any database in the cluster, regardless of which database you're connected to. Cross database queries can eliminate data copies and simplify your data organization to support multiple business groups on the same cluster. And similar to the previous update, cross database queries can be used on your RA3 clusters at no additional cost. Amazon Kinesis Video Streams has updated media playback API service quotas to give you up to 10 times more simultaneous consumers. So this is an update that relates to the API for playback. And it's based on the number of fragments requested rather than the number of playback sessions. So this gives you the ability to generate up to 10 times more simultaneous playback sessions for applications that use Kinesis video streams for live or on-demand playback. So in addition to more simultaneous sessions, the KVS API for session creation rate limits are updated to 25 requests per second. This allows developers to create more playback sessions quickly. So for example, an application can now create 10 playback sessions in one second, whereas previously creating 10 sessions would take 10 seconds. And also this enables developers to request up to five times longer playlists for on-demand playback and avoid frequent playlist refreshes. AWS Glue data brew enhances its data quality dashboard with a visual comparison matrix. So now you get over 40 different statistics and visualization to do easy comparison because understanding your data quality is very important to making sure your analytics are good. And so now it's easy to spot the anomalies in data distributions, detect outliers, understand skews and more for data sets varying from a few thousand rows to tens of millions of rows and varying file formats. And Glue Data Brew has also added some new visual transformations. Binning, skewness, binarization and transpose, which help data analysts and data scientists leverage these transformations without writing any code. So if you'd like to know what these are, binning is a data pre-processing technique to reduce the effect of minor observation errors and the binning transformation allows you to group numbers of more or less continuous into smaller numbers of bins. So for example, if you have data about a group of people, you might want to arrange their ages in a smaller number of age intervals. For example, grouping every five years together. Skewness is a measure of the asymmetry of the probability distribution of a real valued random variable about its mean. Binarization is the process of dividing data into two groups and assigning one of the two values to all of the members of the same group. And transpose lets you rotate the data from columns to rows or vice versa, which is cool because you can do it like in the movies and go transpose swaps it around. Amazon QuickSight has launched Sankey diagram, field folders, and more. Now, a Sankey diagram is used to depict a flow from one set of values to another, like a customer journey, cash flows, process flow, or analysis of an energy system. So for example, a Sankey diagram can show the path a web visitor takes from one page to the next on a company website with possible stops along the way. Um, Pretty cool. And we now also have support for folders on data set fields. So data set owners can now place fields within folders for better organization and ease of authoring when using these data sets. Field folders can be set up by data set owners during data preparation. On to the topic of blockchain. Amazon QLDB has increased verification APIs throughput by an order of magnitude. So with this improvement, QLDB customers will experience an average latency reduction of up to 70% and the ability to scale at least 10 times from the current call volumes in many scenarios. So these, this relates to the Amazon QLDB verification APIs, get digest, get revision, and get block, which allow customers to cryptographically prove that data stored in QLDB has not been changed. On to the topic of compute, AWS Copilot launches 1.4 version with support for ECS exec and more. So this is really useful if you want more operational capabilities for applications hosted on the ECS service, the Amazon Elastic Container service. And this allows you to directly access a container to troubleshoot and run commands with ECS exec. AWS Copilot also added the ability to deploy applications from a Bitbucket repository and to attach EFS volumes as well. We're happy to announce the new Amazon EC2 X2GD instances powered by the AWS Graviton2 processors. And this is the next generation of memory optimized instances. These instances are built on the AWS Nitro system and are powered by an AWS designed ARM-based AWS Graviton2 processor. They deliver up to 55% better price performance compared to current generation x86-based X1 instances and provide high memory per vCPU at the lowest cost per gig of memory in Amazon EC2. The high performance and additional memory of the X2GD instances let customers run memory intensive workloads, such as in-memory databases, our old friends Redis and Memcache, and relational databases like MySQL and PostgreSQL, electronic design automation, EDA workloads, real-time analytics and real-time caching servers. Customers running containerized workloads can also use the X2GD instances to optimize the infrastructure by consolidating more containers onto a single instance. And these instances also feature local NVMe based SSD storage for applications that need high speed, low latency access to data. They are a pretty cool instance. Amazon ECS now allows you to execute commands in a container running on Amazon EC2 or AWS Fargate. So as I touched on before, Amazon ECS Exec is a simple, secured, auditable way for customers to execute commands in a container running on Amazon Elastic Compute Cloud instances or AWS Fargate. It gives you an interactive shell or single command access to a running container to make it easier to debug issues, diagnose errors, collect one-off dumps and statistics, and even interact with processes in the container. Now, this is one of those uh, amazing things that really, in general, you don't want to be logging into anything that's running a container because that's the whole point. But sometimes stuff breaks and sometimes you need to have a look in the container and see what happened. And this allows you to do it in a safe and secure way without having to mess around with SSH keys and all the other fun stuff that we always had to do. Amazon EC2 Auto Scaling adds support for local time zones for scheduled scaling. So now you can use your own time zone and understand what time things are, because time is hard. (laughs) We've never figured out how to have a common language for it. And if you've ever done any development work with uh, time zones and timestamps, you'll be shaking your head uh, like we all do when we get to that. Cloud Endure Migration and Cloud Endure Disaster Recovery now support EBS local snapshots on AWS Outposts. So this makes it easy for you to migrate, replicate, and recover applications from any source directly into AWS Outposts or between AWS Outpost devices. Now, this can give you lower latencies, better performance, and reduce costs. Now, previously, you had to transfer the data to and store it in the AWS Public Region before being copied into EBS volumes on the AWS Outpost device. Uh, Now you don't have to, it's far more efficient. AWS Lambda has added four trusted advisor checks. If you don't use trusted advisor, you should. It's a, a thing that's available to you both by API and also on the console, and it gives you good advice. How you can save money, how you can be more secure, how you can run things faster, all good stuff. So definitely worth casting your eye over that from time to time. And the AWS Lambda team have added four new checks. The first is high error rates, which tells you which functions have an error rate of more than 10% a day in one of the last seven days. Excessive timeouts, so again, uh, more than 10% a day in the last seven days. Use of deprecated or about to be deprecated runtime, that's an absolute ripper. And VPC enabled function in a single AZ. So it it checks for VPC enabled Lambda functions that are vulnerable to service interruption in a single availability zone. Amazon EKS now supports creation and management of add-ons using AWS CloudFormation. Now, EKS add-ons provide lifecycle management for Kubernetes operational software, making it easy to consistently start and update common and critical add-on software for your EKS clusters. So now you can manage those using AWS CloudFormation. So you can have a single CloudFormation template and away you go. Now, today, EKS supports managing the installation and version of the Amazon VPC CNI networking plugin on clusters running Kubernetes version 1.18 and above We support for more add-ons coming soon. Quick update for AWS Wavelength. It is now ISO 9001, 27001, 27,017 and 27,018 compliant. And this is really important because security is our absolute top priority and is what we look at all the time. And this one relates to AWS Wavelength and AWS Wavelength brings AWS compute and storage services at the edge of communication service providers, 5G networks while providing seamless access to cloud services running in an AWS region. The magic here is that it minimizes the latency and network hops required to connect to an application hosted in AWS from 5G devices. And last update in this topic, AWS Launch Wizard now supports no rollback on failure. Starting today, this is available for all Launch Wizard applications. And now when a Launch Wizard deployment fails, resources that were created as part of the deployment will not be immediately deleted or rolled back. This is really useful for troubleshooting what happened, what went wrong uh, before you roll it back. Moving on to the topic of cost management, AWS Cost Anomaly Detection now supports AWS CloudFormation, so you can now build it up using that particular capability. Now, if you haven't used AWS Cost Anomaly Detection, it's a machine learning-backed service that helps customers detect gradual increases and or one-time cost spikes, so it helps you avoid surprises, which is a good thing. Also helps you understand the root cause, so you can save time having to research each of the anomalies. Quick update on the topic of customer engagement, Amazon Connect now provides an out of the box chat user interface for your website. So it's a widget that makes it easy to get up and running in just a few clicks. The widget allows you to design the customer experience to align with your corporate branding by customizing the font and color scheme in the user interface. And once configured, the widget can easily be embedded for display on a website by copying and pasting a simple code snippet. The widget also provides advanced configuration options to restrict access to authenticated users or to define specific domains where the widget can be displayed. Moving on to the topic of database. Amazon RDS for MySQL now supports rollback protection for database major version upgrades. Major version database upgrades are a big deal. (laughs) It can be pretty challenging in a self-managed environment. Uh, Managing backups, monitoring the upgrade process, restoring from backup manually in the case of issues, it could all be a lot of fun. So for Amazon RDS for MySQL customers, updating from MySQL 5.7 to MySQL 8.0, Amazon RDS introduced pre-checks that identify potential issues before the upgrade begins, including both pre-checks from MySQL and pre-checks developed by the Amazon RDS team. Rollback protection extends the reliability of major version upgrades for RDS for MySQL instances beyond the pre-checks and automatically reverts instances to a running state on MySQL 5.7 when upgrades to MySQL 8.0 can't be completed. This automatic rollback process helps ensure minimal downtime in the case where upgrade issues occur and is automatically enabled for all RDS MySQL customers if you've ever upgraded software from more than one Azure version to another, you know that's no small thing and 5.7 to 8.0 feels like a big jump. Amazon RDS Proxy now supports database connectivity from multiple Amazon VPCs. So it now lets you create additional endpoints, each with their own VPC settings, enabling access to your Aurora or RDS databases from applications in a different VPC. Now RDS Proxy creates the primary endpoint in the underlying databases VPC. And so this gives you more flexibility than ever before. We also had an addition for this particular capability to add a read-only endpoints for Amazon Aurora replicas. So you can create additional read-only endpoints to connect your application to Amazon Aurora replicas. So in some cases, RDS proxy helps improve application scalability, resiliency, and security. And this can also be extended to your Aurora replicas when connected through the proxy. How'd you like 35% better price performance? Well, now you can have it with Amazon Aurora using new Graviton2 instances. So these are now generally available for the Amazon Aurora PostgreSQL compatible edition and Amazon Aurora MySQL compatible edition. And this gives you up to 20% performance improvement and up to 35% price improvement for Aurora, depending on database size. You can also mix and match Graviton 2 R6G and Intel R5 instances within the same cluster for your primary instance or for your read replica, enabling you to maximize price performance improvements based on your workload requirements. It would make sense for you to test this out because most customers get a lot of benefit from this without having to do any work. And it's another one of those ones, go do the change, have a coffee, go back to the boss and say, hey boss, just improved everything a lot. Quick update for Amazon RDS, it now supports Oracle Management Agent OMA version 13.4 for Oracle Enterprise Manager Cloud Control 13C R4. AWS Backup adds support for continuous backup and point-in-time recovery of Amazon RDS instances. So now you can streamline your backup planning management access control to Amazon RDS continuous backups in addition to the existing support of scheduled Amazon RDS backups and snapshots. Amazon Aurora Postgres SQL compatible edition supports simultaneous authentication with both Active Directory and AWS IAM. So now you can enable both of them simultaneously and at the same time, which is the best way to do it. So you can have a choice of both uh, if you need to. And Amazon RDS for Postgres supports managed disaster recovery with cross-region automated backups. So this feature extends on the existing RDS backup functionality, giving you the ability to set up automatic replication of system snapshots and transaction logs from a primary AWS region to a secondary AWS region. Now, this particular capability is supported for versions of Postgres SQL 9.6 and higher, and you can now use this feature between US East 1 and US, East, uh, US West 2, EU Central 1, EU West 1, and from AP Northeast one to AP Northeast three. More to come, but this shows you the capability that's coming along. Moving on to the topic of developer tools. AWS announces developer preview release of opinionated deployment tool for .NET CLI. So using this tool developers can now deploy the .NET applications in just a few easy steps from the .NET CLI. Based on the application type, the tool provides recommendations about the type of compute best suited to this .NET application. It then builds and packages your application as required by the chosen compute service, generates the right IAM roles, generates the deployment infrastructure, deploys the application using AWS Cloud Deployment Development Kit, I should say, or CDK, and displays the endpoint. It's pretty cool. It's a developer preview. If you're a .NET developer, grab it, give it a go, tell us what you think. AWS Proton now supports services without pipelines. So now you can define services that do not include pipelines, giving developer and platform teams flexibility in defining, provisioning, and deploying their services. Now, AWS Proton is the first fully managed application deployment service for containers and serverless, and platform engineering teams can use AWS Proton to connect and coordinate all the different tools needed for infrastructure provisioning, code deployments, monitoring, and updates. So now that you can do this that doesn't require a pipeline, Means that developers don't have to provide information about their Git repository or pipeline inputs to create a service. Your developer and platform teams can generate deployment artifacts and still leverage AWS Proton's central management capabilities to ensure that all deployments are up to date. Few other quick updates for AWS Proton. It makes new fields available for Ginger parameterization. And I really can't tell you what those are <laughs> because it's not a particular capability I'm familiar with, but it has made two new fields, service instance and service instance name available as inputs for the Ginger parameterization of templates. And template writers could use these fields to name individual resources in the template without requiring additional inputs from developers. And AWS Proton now also supports resources and tag-based access control. It also tags all provisioned resources automatically with identifiers, which as you know, if you've listened to me from any point in time, is a good thing because you should tag your stuff. Moving on to the topic of end-user computing, bundle management APIs are now generally available for Amazon workspaces. So this complements the CLI and the new set of APIs support the creation, deletion, and image association operations for workspace bundles. And these APIs are intended for use by workspaces administrators who want to automate workspaces management or workflows. Moving to the topic of game tech, AWS announces the general availability of six new regions for Amazon GameLift. That's pretty exciting. So this increases global coverage for developers while providing seamless, low latency gameplay experiences for players worldwide. And that's what we want. We want low latency. <laughs> that's what's important to us. And this is a capability trusted by some of the most successful game companies in the world, like Gung Ho and Ubisoft. GameLift deploys, operates and scales dedicated service for multiplayer games. With this update, you as a a gaming developer can now tap into six new regions from 15 to 21. So now I've gone to 21 different regions while also getting up and running faster from a simpler fleet of management. Definitely worth taking a look if this is the kind of software you build. Moving on to the topic of internet of things, adobes IoT SiteWise Monitor adds support for accessing monitor portals using IAM, users and roles. So you can get better access with more security. The adobes IoT device SDK for Embedded C now supports over the update. AWS IoT Device Defender custom metrics and multiple shadows for a single IoT device. So you have a lot more choice in how you build things and having multiple shadows is pretty cool. And finally, AWS IoT Device Defender now also supports CloudFormation. Moving on to the topic of machine learning, Amazon Comprehend now identifies documents that contain personally identifiable information or PII. You can use Amazon Comprehend Contains PII API synchronously to discover those particular documents and set up alarms and control access on documents with sensitive information. Amazon Comprehend's machine learning models find the documents that contain PII information, so, and yes, I know I'm saying PII information, and I shouldn't, but I'm going to say it anyway, uh, such as social security numbers, credit card numbers, and email addresses, and allow you to target the PII of your choice. So this is very powerful to make sure you're processing data in an appropriate way. We're also happy to announce support for multiple containers on Amazon SageMaker inference endpoints, leading to cost savings of up to 80%. So this means that Amazon SageMaker now supports deploying multiple containers on real-time endpoints for low latency inferences and invoking them independently for each request. Now this lets you run up to five different machine learning models and frameworks on a single endpoint and save up to 80% in costs. Now this option is ideal when you have multiple ML models with similar resource needs and when individual models don't have sufficient traffic to utilize the full capacity of the endpoint instances. For example, if you have a set of ML models that are invoked infrequently at different times or you're just using dev test endpoints. Amazon Transcribe now supports word-level confidence scores for streaming transcription. And if I keep speaking this way, I'm going to get replaced because Amazon Transcribe is an automatic speech recognition service, ASR service, that makes it easy for developers to add speech-to-text capabilities to their voice-enabled applications. Now, up to now, Amazon Transcribe has offered confidence scores for each word in its transcription output. As, uh, for its batch uh, API, so asynchronous API. Starting today, Amazon Transcribe will surface word-level confidence scores for its streaming or synchronous transcription API as well. This helps you understand how accurate it is, or at least it thinks it is. We're also happy to introduce a new API allowing you to stop in progress workflows in Amazon Forecast. So Amazon Forecast uses ML to generate more accurate demand forecasts without requiring any prior ML experience, it's pretty cool. Uh, It actually brings the same technology used at Amazon.com to developers as a fully managed service, removing the need to manage resources or rebuild your systems. Now, starting today, you can easily stop the following forecast resource workflows. The data set group, import, predictor training, predictor back, test, export, forecast, and forecast, export. Because sometimes if things are running long, you may want to stop them. Moving on to the topic of management and governance. We're happy to announce new operations plan, AWS Managed Services Accelerate. And Accelerate is a new operations plan for AMS that offers operations support for customers with the existing workloads, with new planned workloads all migrating to AWS. And AMS Accelerate provides operational services such as monitoring, incident management, security, patch and backup to help you with the day-to-day operations management so your teams can focus on business transformation in the cloud. Now, AMS Accelerate gives you the full freedom to use, configure and deploy all AWS services that you always have, while AMS provides operations checks and automations to help you operate AWS more efficiently and securely. AWS Config adds three new config rules for Amazon Secrets Manager. It now supports these three new rules to help you verify that your secrets in AWS Secrets Manager are configured in accordance with your organization's security and compliance requirements. So it checks if all secrets in AWS Secrets Manager are encrypted using an AWS KMS customer master key. It'll check if AWS Secrets Manager secrets have been accessed within a specific number of days. And it will check if AWS Secrets Manager secrets have been rotated in the past specified number of days. Moving on to the topic of media services, support for SRT protocol has been added to AWS Elemental Media Connect. So this allows Elemental Media Connect to transport a live video using the secure reliable transport or SRT protocol, With the addition of SRT, you have more flexibility and compatibility for creating highly reliable, low latency, live video transport workflows. Now, SRT and MediaConnect joins a growing list of supported protocols that include Zixi, uh, Rist, and RTP. And because MediaConnect translates between protocols, you can build a varied ecosystem of reliable live video transport applications running inside and outside of the AWS cloud, which is pretty cool. AWS Elemental Media Tailor introduces channel assembly for creating virtual linear OTT channels. So you can now create linear channels that are delivered over the top or OTT in a cost-efficient way, even for channels with low viewership. Virtual live streams are created with a low running cost by using existing multi-bit rate encoded and packaged video on-demand content. You can also easily monetize channel assembly linear streams by inserting ad breaks into your programs without having to condition the content with S. CTE 35 markets. And Adobe's Elemental Media Live has launched the Workflow Wizard to help you create a live streaming workflow in just a few minutes. It guides you through setting up a live streaming workflow using Adobe's Elemental Media Live and other Adobe services such as Media Store, Media Package, and CloudFront. With step-by-step guidance, it gets you up and running through setting up your channel by selecting redundancy requirements, input source, transcoding formats, origination, and CloudFront for content delivery. It also creates an AWS CloudFormation stack and allows you to stop, start and view all your resources within a single dashboard. And you can also fully customize all the resources after the workflow has been created. Moving on to the topic of mobile, we're happy to announce Kotlin-centric developer experience in Amplify Android. This is first class support for Kotlin in Amplify Android and Amplify Android is part of Adibus Amplify, which is a set of libraries, tools, and services that help front-end web and mobile developers build secure, scalable, full-stack applications. And of course, Kotlin is a popular programming language commonly used by Android developers amongst others. So now you can bring together Amplify Android and Kotlin by providing a facade module that Kotlin developers can include in their apps. And this facade simplifies asynchronous programming, improves API ergonomics, yields better hints in Android Studio, and integrates with Android architecture components. The new module supports all the feature categories in Amplify Android, including authentication, data store, and storage, and developers can use Amplify Android with Amplify-created backends as well as existing AWS backends. Moving on to the topic of security, identity, and compliance. The new AWS SSO Gallery app, single sign-on, Gallery app simplifies Azure AD setup with AWS. Now, this makes it easier for your Azure AD identities to sign in across multiple AWS accounts and AWS SSO integrated applications. Customers who want a centralized way to manage Azure AD users and groups across AWS can use the app to connect Azure AD to AWS SSO once. Customers can then manage permissions to AWS centrally in AWS SSO and enable users to sign in using their Azure AD to access assigned AWS accounts and applications like Amazon SageMaker Studio Notebooks. Some big updates for IAM Access Analyzer. It now supports over 100 policy checks with actionable recommendations to help you author secure and functional policies. So this makes it easier to implement least privileged permissions by analyzing resource policies to provide provable security, which was spoken about in previous episodes, and help you identify unintended public or cross-account access. A recent update allows you to validate public and cross-account access before deploying permission changes. And now we're also extending policy validation IM Access Analyzer by adding over 100 policy checks with actionable recommendations. So these use static analysis to help you proactively validate your permission policies during policy authoring to set secure and functional permissions. The checks include functional validation like developers might expect from a linter and go beyond that to emulate, to evaluate I should say best practices in granting access. So these checks analyze your policy and report security warnings, errors, general warnings and suggestions based on the impact. They provide actionable recommendations that guide you to set secure and functional permissions. For example, IAM access analyzer reports a security warning when your policy grants access to pass any role to any service which is overly permissive. The security warning includes a recommendation that you scope down the permissions to pass the specified roles instead. Just like grammar checks in your favorite word processor, this will automatically perform these policy checks as you're authoring your identity policies using the JSON policy editor in the IAM console. You can also validate additional policies such as service control policies and resource policies programmatically using the API. The AWS Security Hub has added 25 new controls to its foundational security best practices standard. So these controls conduct fully automated checks against security best practices for a whole bunch of stuff. And if you want to see what those are, there's a link in the show notes. AWS Shield Advanced now supports resource tagging. So you can use tagging to restrict the ability to create or modify protections to sensitive resources via IAM policies or to organize and track your AWS Shield Advanced costs at the tag level. And Amazon GuardDuty has introduced new machine learning capability to more accurately identify potentially malicious activity. Now, my regular reminder, if you have not turned GuardDuty on your account, go ahead, stop listening, go click the button to do it, and then come back and listen some more, because this is a tremendous service that can really help discover what's going on in your account that you may not be aware of. And this is a new machine learning technique that have been added uh, that have been proven highly effective at discerning potentially malicious user activity from anomalous but benign operational behavior within AWS accounts. This new capability continuously models API invocations within an account, incorporating probabilistic predictions to more accurately isolate and alert on highly suspicious user behavior. This new approach has proven to identify malicious activity associated with known attack tactics, including discovery, initial access, persistence, privilege, escalation, defense evasion, credential access, impact, and data exfiltration. The new threat detections are available for all existing Amazon Guard Duty customers with no action required and at no additional cost. Very cool capability. Check it out. Moving on to the topic of storage, a big update in the world of storage. S3 Object Lambda allows you to add your own code to S3 Get Requests to modify and process data as it's returned to an application. This is pretty big. Uh, You can now basically process and modify data as part of the S3 get request as it's returned to an application. So for the first time, you can use custom code to modify the data returned by standard S3 get request to filter rows, dynamically resize images, redact confidential data, and much, much more. Now, this is very cool because if you understand how to use AWS Lambda, you're ready to go with this with just a few clicks. It's very, very cool. Also happy to announce a new digital course, Amazon S3 Cost Optimization. It's a free course and it's a 60-minute advanced course that explores techniques and tools you can use to optimize your Amazon S3 costs. And speaking of the reduction of costs, we're happy to introduce lower cost storage classes for Amazon EFS or the Elastic File System. It now supports single availability zone storage classes called OneZone, reducing storage costs by 47% compared to Amazon EFS standard storage classes while maintaining the EFS capabilities that customers love. Amazon S3 Glacier has also announced a 40% price reduction for put and lifecycle requests in all AWS regions. You can use the S3 put API to directly store compliance and backup data in S3 Glacier that does not require immediate access. You can also use the S3 lifecycle policies to move data from S3 standard, S3 standard infrequent access or S3 one zone infrequent access to S3 Glacier to save on storage costs when data becomes rarely accessed. So this price reduction for those particular requests makes it even better or your use without having to do anything. As I mentioned, this is effective March 1st, 2021. And uh, you're welcome. <laughs> the team has done a good job and they've passed the savings on to you. So that's it. A bunch of pretty cool updates here. Lots of, lots of things I'm going, hmm, I should probably have a go at that. And I hope you found that the same. A quick reminder, turn on guard duty on your accounts. It's really cool. And we do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do that. You can also leave us audio feedback linked through the website and also on the show notes. And of course, until next time, Keep on building.